was a daring and brazen robbery. Just taking what they wanted and leaving. You know, some did hear something, but I never did think about it. Or me did for no so them ever get away, care. Means they really hear them and come tell man. They chat too much, man. I stand up. So did they leave any clues behind? Well, you see none? We not see none, you While our region may not suffer from overloaded nuclear reactors or region-wide oil spills, we still face the threat of having our tropical paradise lost forever. Unknown to most persons, the dangers that face the Caribbean environment are more serious than the ones that we take for granted every day. Illegal sand mining, as well as improper waste management, contributes to the breakdown of our environment in more ways than one. An environment that we depend on and take for granted every day. An environment that is irreplaceable. Most persons have heard of the threats posed by improper waste management. But what's the fuss about sand mining? Well, before we get to that part, we need to know why someone would want to steal a beach. Industrial sand mining is done to provide enough sand for the construction industry. River sand is most often used, but beach sand can also be used. Sand is a crucial element in the construction process. Each concrete brick that is used comes from a basic combination of water, cement and aggregate. Aggregate makes up 70% to 80% of the mixture used to make concrete. Besides creating the bricks, sand is also used in the process to create the girders that hold up the structure of the building, plus abrasive for cleaning metal like sandpaper, plus flattener for paint on the backs of shingles, plaster, stucco, grout, yeah, who knew? When you add all these details together, you start to realize just how much sand it really takes to get a job done. Put together with the rising cost of real estate and prices generally, it's even more clear that sand mining is a huge industry. And illegal sand mining, well, that becomes even more common than before. Well, now we know why. Here's the how. First, you want to locate the spot. Although sand from riverbeds and banks is the easiest to use, beach sand can be used but it is a more expensive and time-consuming procedure. So here's our target. Next we need a crew. Now how to get away with it? Besides being highly illegal, it's also not a very quiet task. Signs of illegal sand mining however are usually found in small isolated locations where there will be little chance of discovery. Ignorance by persons nearby, whether intentionally or otherwise, can also contribute. Generally, most persons do not see illegal sand mining as a problem, unless of course the sand is being stolen from them. Perhaps if we understood the effects it has on everybody. For a start, we'll end up with rivers like this one. One of the big things that sand does for us, free of cost I might add, is purifying water. It traps and filters the sediment and algae that flows into the rivers from upstream. The purity of our water plus the purity of our sand 
also brings in revenue through tourism. According to statistics from the World Resources Institute, tourism revenue contributes 105 billion US dollars annually to the region. The Caribbean is one of the most popular tourist destinations in the world, attracting people based on its fun, sun and sand. Negril in Jamaica has become famous for its seven-mile stretch of uninterrupted white sand beach. So what if it all went away? Simply put, if the beach goes, then most of these tourists go too. The domino effect would ripple along until only unemployed persons are left standing. But as it seems, this would only be the beginning of the tragedy. The beaches of the Caribbean are the frontline defense against the mighty Caribbean Sea. With the beaches gone, the eroding effects of the Caribbean Sea or even rivers cannot be escaped. This is the ultimate danger of illegal sand mining. Regulated mining is done under strict guidelines which take into consideration the long-term effects on the environment. Illegal mining obeys no restrictions and is harmful in both the long and short run. Any evidence of it should be reported immediately to police or an environmental agency. There are other ways of defending the environment that will allow you to get more personally involved. Feel like defusing a time bomb? Every day, thousands of homemade time bombs are sent to the garbage pile, most of them unknowingly. The Riverton City Dump is the central dumping ground for the parishes of Kingston and St. Andrew, Clarendon, St. Thomas as well as sections of St. Catherine in Jamaica. Thousands of tons of domestic waste come here and are just left to rot. Some of it gets picked and sorted by persons living on the dump site who try to make a living scavenging the items. But our bomb still goes generally unnoticed. More than a few of the household implements that we use are quite hazardous if not disposed of properly. When introduced to the wrong conditions like intense pressure or heat or worse a direct flame, they might explode. Bleach, disinfectant, hair remover, oven cleaners, drain openers, even good old rubbing alcohol can be a dangerous bomb under those conditions. Unfortunately, a dumping ground creates the perfect condition. Garbage heaps stink, plus they can and at times do catch fire, posing a large threat to the environment. What eventually happens are headlines like these. Toxic smoke can carry to neighboring communities irritating existing sinus problems or even creating new problems like asthma attacks and bronchitis. The ground itself can become polluted with toxins seeping into the soil, possibly polluting groundwater. Makes you pause for a second. While we may not be the direct cause of those conditions, we can certainly make them less likely to happen. Of the thousands of tons of garbage carried here, we can personally reduce even one-third of our regular quota. So let's do the math. Using an estimated household size of four persons, each producing three pounds a day, which is 84 pounds a week or 336 pounds a month or 18,816 pounds a year. But that's all statistics. You and I wouldn't consider ourselves litterbugs. I mean, 
we don't go around throwing garbage out of windows or dumping garbage over convenient cliffs. Heck, we even reuse our plastic bags. So what's that got to do with us? The fact is, the greater portion of the average product that is bought is non-consumable. Even if the item isn't food, most of what we get is packaging in one form or another. There are easy ways to reduce the flow of garbage like buying items with less packaging or unnecessary packaging so there's less to throw away. Reuse things like empty jars and plastic bags. Where possible, use natural alternatives. Separating what you throw out into distinct groups like aluminum, glass, paper and then sending them away to be recycled back into raw material also helps. The whole business of recycling on a national scale is familiar to nations such as Canada and the United States, where the practice is legally enforced. In the Caribbean, while we are aware of the practice, it is not common nor are the laws as strict. Now if an explosion were to happen at the dump or if it were to be closed for an extended period of time, what do you think is going to happen to all that garbage that's sitting outside your door? Hey, don't look at me. I'm not going to be setting off any bombs. But it is a question that must be contemplated. What would happen if we ran out of space in our landfill? The first thing that would happen is the landfill itself would have to be reassessed to see if the space could be used more effectively like compression of waste or reuse of waste material in a different form. All steps that can easily be done. Instead of letting it come to a boil, we can ensure that those steps are done before the garbage even reaches the dump. Whether at home or work, school, wherever we are, we can affect what happens.